0: YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part, they're veteran owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. All right guys, here we are. Welcome back. I don't even know what episode this is because I'm switching them around. I have a bunch in the pipeline that I recorded and I get kind of excited and I shuffle them around a little bit so the recording date's are a little bit different. Um, but I hope you guys are kicking ass. hope you're having fun. hope you're having a great summer. Um, I'll actually drop the date on you today. I'm actually recording this July 16th, man. I'm home all by myself. I got the whole house to myself. My kids are away at camp for the week. The old lady woman is, is, is with them out of town. So it's like, it's me and the three dogs and phew, sleeping like a boss. I love it. Um, Today, I want to get into I want to get into a topic that that's really important to me, and it's something that I've always um, tried to keep in perspective. And topic is the good old days, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I got some stuff I want to I want to talk about. Um, I was thinking about this funny story. I was actually telling my dad. We were I don't I don't know how it came up. We were I was hanging out with my dad the other day, and we were we were talking about the fire department. And I don't know if, I can't remember if he asked me a question or something, but I was telling him about this fire that we had when I was working in, uh, in the fire department. And it was, it's kind of funny because when we're in the fire department, when we pull up to a house and we see that thing piss ripping, that's what we used to call a piss ripper. Um, but when we see it shitting and getting whatever you call it, um, eating, eating the asshole out of the back of a house, whatever, burning the lid off, we, it's like it's like we um, it's like when a dog gets a piece of meat in its mouth. It's like mm, I'm I'm am I'm going to go in and get some of this, right? So, I remember we pull up engine twelve. It was early in the morning, and I was working engine twelve back in the day. And uh, <laughs> we pull up and we see flames shooting out the roof, right? And it was a one-story brick house. And we pull up and we we immediately uh, start making entry to this home. And I, I, will never forget. This was like a Hollywood fire. All right. Cause when you see fires on television, they're never that it doesn't depict a real fire. Now all the firemen you're out there nodding your head. But if you, if you don't know what it's like being inside of a real fire, you can't see shit, right? It's pitch black. And unless the fire has vented, which, you know, nine times out of 10, well, I shouldn't say nine times out of 10, this one looked like it was venting. But when we, when we got into the house, There was no smoke at all. There was zero smoke inside of this house. And we're rolling up in there. And I remember the homeowner was coming down the hallway all nonchalantly. And I'm telling him, get out of the house, get out of the house. And he got an attitude with me. He said, I'm not leaving my fucking house. Like he said, it like I said, you're going to get out of this house. And I grabbed him by his arm and started escorting him out of the house. Look, dude, there's fire piss ripping. It's, It's through the roof in the back of your home was was what I was thinking. And I remember the guy getting so mad at me for kicking him out of his own house that when it was on fire. And but I remember at the same time thinking, Damn, there ain't no smoke inside of this house. There's like nothing burning inside his house. And the homeowner was trying to talk to us and trying to tell us some information. But we were in such dog with a stake in the mouth modes and the go mode. We were just trying to get the fire. Well, we cut down a hallway, I see the bedroom. Alright. And in the bedroom, I see flames. And it is it's fucking getting it. Alright. This is why it's important when you're on a fire ground for somebody. I'm gonna tell you a story right now. This is why it's very important on a fire ground when you pull up to a scene, uh, incident command is a big thing. Somebody needs to do what they call a 360 of the structure that you're going up against if you can. To paint a visual for everybody else that's that's arriving on scene. Well, we didn't do that. We just, we just went straight in. Because, shit, back then we didn't do the whole incident command thing so well. So we just went and got it. Had we have done that, we would have avoided this whole problem. Okay? So I cut down this hallway and I see the fire. And it's burning its ass off. And then I realize what I'm looking at is a fucking mirror in a bedroom. And I'm seeing the reflection of the fire out of the window. And confused i just i just walked in there i said the fuck is going on and i look out of the window how about how about the man's shed that was like 40 feet away from his house is is burning from top to bottom the fucking whole shed is burning but from the street it looked like the fire was in the attic of his house and it was coming out through the roof and that's why the man was like i'm not leaving my house he's trying to tell us the damn house signal fire so that's Tunnel Vision 101 at its finest, people. Um, I just thought that was a funny story because kicked a man out of his house and it wasn't even burning. And we made a big deal out of it and felt like, felt stupid. And we had to walk the hose line back around and put his shed out. So those things happen in emergency services. I know, I know some of you guys and girls out there have some funny stories too, man. Um, I, got a, I got a story about when we were in a chase one time, a high speed high-speed chase. I don't know if I should tell this one. I might leave this for my book. But the long and short of it is we were chasing some some um, some drug suspects at night. And we, we were hitting triple-digit speeds. Well, they turned their lights off. And, you know, the police were not allowed to play by the same rules. Well, back then, we said, fuck it. And we chased them. We cut, We cut all of our lights off. And we were rolling down this fucking road at like 3 in the morning. There was no no traffic. There was zero traffic. It was just us, me, my and a guy, my partner that was behind me, and uh, the suspects. And they ended up running up through a gas station and hitting a fucking pole. And they were in this Jeep. And this thing got stuck in the air. And we got them. But I remember that was just stupid because, I mean, we cut the lights off back then. I mean, you can't be doing shit like that now. I mean, that's the dumb shit that we used to do back in the day. That's You could have some fun back in the day a little bit. Because I can imagine they were like, they could see our cars behind them because of the street lights, But they were probably like, what the fuck are these crazy motherfuckers doing? One of the things that, um, that we go through people that are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress is just one of the things is a shortened sense of, of life. I'm not saying everybody experiences that, but a, a, I know a large majority does. And they just kind of think that, um, they're not going to live these long, fruitful lives because of the things that they've been involved in and, and a lot of things that they've seen. Now, that doesn't mean that the entire post-traumatic stress community feels that way. That's not what I'm saying. But I think a lot of people who have experienced trauma on, uh, on certain levels when it comes to, um, experiencing death, they, they may be more, um, susceptible to this. And again, I'm no, no medical. Um, I don't even know the fucking big word for it. How about that? I'm no medical professional, but I do know when I speak with my therapist, when I sit down and talk to my therapist, I talk a lot about this and it's not like I've said it on other podcasts too. It's not like it's, it's something I fear. It's just something I think about. Like, I th- I feel like we always have to make the most of the time that we're given because tomorrow's not, um, not guaranteed. Right. And, and I don't like to get into those cliche settings like, Oh, it's called today's called a, a gift because it's the present. Like it, get, get out of here with that dumb shit. <laughs> like, stop, stop with the stupid fucking words. Like, just enjoy your life. Do the things that you want to do in life. And, and because it, it is true. All this comes to an end. And, and I, God, I hate getting dark. And I want to start telling like more stories on here and having fun. But that's why I titled this "The Good Old Days." Is you ever hear people? it kind of, it kind of gets on my nerves when I hear people say this, man, those were the good old days, right? How many, how many of you out there have ever said that, man, remember the good old days? Think about it like this. You are right now, you are living in the good old days. One day, the moment that you're in right now is going to be considered the good old days. And I guarantee you nine out of 10 of us are not taking advantage of the time that we have right now. The good old days that we're living right now. We're not doing the things that we want. We're not enjoying them. We're bitching about it. We're complaining about it. And we're looking so forward to the future that we're not living in the present. And then when the future gets here, now you're just reflecting. And you're thinking about the good old days. I don't remember what movie I saw this on. I think it was a Clint Eastwood movie, but he was an old man. And he says, you know or no, it was, um, it was Kevin Costner in that Yellowstone show. He says, when you get to a certain age, all you have left is memories. That's it. There's no more living to do. You're just going to have memories. And I, I say this because right now, um, there's, there's several people that I'm very close to. I don't put a lot of my personal business out there, but there's several people that I'm very close to that, that they're not doing so well right now. Um, health wise. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of sad because I look at where they are and, um, they're, they're at the end of their lifeline. And then I look back and I, I think, what did you do for the last 20 or 30 years? Did you really live? And only they can answer that question. I can't answer that for somebody. I can't sit back on a sideline and judge if they live their life or not. Right. But I'm hoping that they're at peace, and I'm hoping that when they're laying there in those final moments, they don't have any regrets, and they don't look back and say, "Man, I wish I would have really done this, or I wish I would have done that." That is my biggest fear in this entire life. It's having one single regret, it's wishing. I would have done something differently because I've spoken about this on so many podcasts. We all take the time that we're given for granted. Every single one of us, I do it. I do it daily. I have to stop. And I'm telling you how many of you guys I've gotten so many messages about that. It don't mean nothing podcast, how that's just stopped people dead in their tracks in the middle of the day. And and they've said that out loud. And I, I do it all the time. None of this means anything except the time that we're given and I don't want to ever look back and say, oh, the good old days. We're always in the good old days. So treat it, treat today like it's the good old days, like it, it's a good old day to have what we have today. And I think if you can keep that perspective, you might be able to enjoy it a little bit more. I think that by having that perspective on the good old days, I think that it can help us moving forward and making a lot of decisions, right? when we're When we're trying to be make decisions for selfish reasons or, you know, just trying to find excuses for things that we don't want to do. Um, I'll put my hand in the air. I'm the first motherfucker that if I don't feel like doing something, I'm just like, ah, you know, I think, I mean, case in point. So my father, um, those of you that read my book, my uncle buddy, right? I haven't talked about him on this podcast, but my uncle buddy is my dad's father. And my uncle buddy was killed on March seventh of twenty twenty, in a, in a vehicle uh, accident, and Uncle Buddy was like a second father to me. I mean, he, he we grew up very, very close. And his son Butch, um, who is my first cousin, who is like a brother to me. Um, my dad and Butch were going to go kayaking uh, last week down the Savannah River back home. It's uh, black black water. It's back in the swamps and stuff. It's really murky and and but it's, it's so nice back there because there's, I mean, there's huge alligators and big ass venomous snakes everywhere, but it's, it's so peaceful when you're back there, you feel like you're in another world. I mean, so my dad calls me and tells me that he was going to go kayaking with Butch. And, um, my dad spends a lot of time with Butch now, now that his father is, uh, is not around any longer. And my dad makes a real effort to not fill my uncle buddy's shoes, but to just be there for, for Butch and, and, his, uh, his sister, Carrie, my, 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 cousin, and I think he does an incredible job. Um, they mean a lot to my dad. And so my dad calls me and asks me, you know, Hey, you want to go kayaking with me? This was last Friday. And one thing in this world that I do not like, all right, I'm going to tell you is kayaking. And the reason is my back I think I, I don't know if I've talked about this on here or not, but I have a, I have an a extremely bad back at 43 years old. I have the back of a 90 year old. Now I know you see me out there getting after it on my farm and all that, but what you don't see is the, 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 the videos of me or the, um, the live footage of me in constant pain, bending over, stretching, laying on my back. Um, I actually don't even really sit down at home much. When I'm home, I'm either laying flat on my back or walking around pacing because sitting just really hurts me. I have to be in the perfect chair to be able to get comfortable. It it just hurts me to sit. So naturally, sitting in a fucking kayak where my knees are above my waist, it puts all the pressure on my um, my discs. And I'm, I'm not looking for recommendations for back surgeons and all this. Trust me, I've already I know what's going on with my back. I have degenerative disc disease. I have two um, border, um, what you call it, uh, herniations. Uh, I had to have emergency disc surgery in my neck and have have my uh, spine fused together. So, And this is all from the lifestyle that I chose of military, firing, police, and lifting weights my whole life, playing sports and being active and doing dumb shit. I'm not bitching about it, but I'm saying just like with my mental health, I know what hurts me and I know what helps me. and I'm going to tell you right now, kayaking fucking kills me but I want to get back to that, that good old days message. All right. So when my dad asked me this, I cringed and I wanted to tell him no. And I wanted to tell him no out of selfish reasons, you know, for selfish reasons, obviously, because I didn't, I didn't want to be, be in that pain. But I also knew spending time with my father and spending time with Butch was going to be memories that I wouldn't have an opportunity to do again. I thought about them doing it without me. And I thought about looking, looking down the back one day when, when I'm down the road, thinking about the good old days. And I don't know if you've ever done anything that hurts anything that you suffer through. Normally it builds a bond with people that you, you endure that through. Now I'm not comparing this to any kind of big suffering, but I I was in fucking pain. They, they weren't, they were relaxed and they, they were in perfect health, but I thoroughly enjoyed going. But the reason I went, is I put my pain to the side. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to have this opportunity again. I may have, I may get it, you know, for several weeks from now, I may have another opportunity, but that day that they're going, I won't, I don't get that day back. And I want to be able to look back and live in the good old days. I wanted to be, I wanted that to be a memory of the good old days. Cause one day that's exactly what it's going to be. And so I went, I had to suck it up and I went. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's one of the most excruciating trips I've ever done. It wasn't that that long. We are we were only out for three hours. And on the Savannah River, when you go down the river, the current takes you one way. Now there's a saying on this river, the current is so strong going out that you always want to obviously start upriver and go down. After tide changes and it goes back, uh, the current is still strong one way. It's a really weird river. But we get to the end after having to stop two times so I can get my bitch ass out of the kayak and stretch my back and all that. We get to the end and I'm I'm so excited because we're at the boat landing and nobody's out except for two people. They're standing up on the hill. And I saw these two people. I was like, the fuck are they doing? So we pull up and lo and behold, they needed help. And I was like, oh shit, what do y'all need? Right? So they go, they said, Hey, our friends are stuck down river. Like a thousand yards down around a curve. Can you take this jump box, which is a, it's a battery box for jumping off the battery. Their boat was dead and they in the current was taking them down river and they couldn't get back. And so I looked at Butch and I looked at my dad and I was like, motherfucker. And I was like, I can't, I'm not going to send my dad back there. Cause he has to paddle back. Um, granted he's fucking stronger than me. Um, so I said yes, sir. I said we can do that. I was like, because <clears throat> that's what we do, right? We we help other people in their time of need. I mean, how how the hell do you say no to that? And I mean, when I tell you, I was in excruciating pain. I was having nerve pain down my legs. It was horrible. So I said yes, sir. We can do that. I grabbed the jump box, and uh, Butch and I we take our kayaks and we start paddling down river. The current takes us, and we we get to the boat, and a boat is off to the side. They're under some trees. And we get up and we tie up to them. We're like, we got a jump box and we crawl up in the boat and we help them out. You wouldn't believe this bullshit if I told you the jump box that they sent was dead. So now we're stuck down river, two kayaks, me, my cousin, butch, this man and this woman in this dead ass boat. And I look at the guy and I go, the only way we're getting back, because there's no boats on the river this to that day at all. There was nobody out. The only way we're getting back is paddling this big ass, heavy boat of his upstream. So that's what we did. I got on the bow. Butch got on the bow and the old, old man was in the back and we all started paddling. And we found out really quickly, we didn't have enough ass to even paddle that thing 10 feet. That current was running so hard. So I looked back and I told him, I said, look, we're fucked. And I was like, the only, only shot we got now, we have to paddle across the river and then we'll get out tie the boat up and walk through the woods through this swampy vegetation where we'd probably die anyway. The thousand yards back to the boat landing, if we don't get eaten by alligators. And, uh, so that was, that was the plan. So we paddle across the river and the whole time the current is just shoving us further and further down. When we finally get across and we tie this, tie this up. And I swear there's a message to this. We get the boat tied up. As soon as we get it tied up, a boat comes up the river. The opposite way, and so we flag him down, and I asked the man, "Could you please tow this this gentleman back to the hill?" Which he did. So Butch and I get back in our kayaks. Instead of us just hanging onto the side of the boat, they they left. The guy pulls the boat off, and they go to the hill. They're up there successfully. Me and Butch are stuck in these kayaks, fighting this current all the way back. I mean, it's fucking sucked. I can't tell you how hard this was. It was uh, that current. We were just against the current. And it took everything we had to get back to that hill. Butch actually beat me because I was in so much pain. I was paddling really hard. But I had to stop every once in a while. And if you stop for two seconds, you're 300 feet back. I mean, it, that's how fast that current was moving. So I just had to push through it and, and dig through the back pain and get to the hill. And once I finally got there, I stood up. My dad's like, are you okay? I said, fuck no. <laughs> I was miserable. I couldn't stand straight. That I remember thinking in that minute, I don't want to be anywhere else. Because one day, these were going to be the good old days. And so my father, Butch, and I, we sat right there. We pull off into the shade. And we had some chicken sandwiches. And we sat there and we laughed. And we, my dad was joking about how comfortable it was on the hill watching us and everything. We were just breaking his balls. But that's going to be the good old days one day. And that's what I'm getting back to. Even the shitty moments, right? So even the shitty moments in our life. Those are usually, I've always found, some of the best moments that you'll ever have. In the moment, they suck. And it's hard to see past the shitty moments in life. But usually, years down the road, you find yourself making fun of them with friends, and you find yourself laughing about it. I can tell you stories about Appalachian Trail, but I'm not going to get too long-winded on that. Um, Me and some marine buddies went hiking for several days, multiple times. And we do these 50-mile treks. And we thought we were still 22 years old, carrying hundred pounds of shit up hills and stuff, but we're not, we're old and broken down now And I'm the most broken of all of them. But the mindset is still there. I'm still 22 in my mind. I'm still strong as an ox, but my body's just not hanging with me. And, uh, you want to talk about the bitching and the complaining, but afterwards it's the best thing in the world. When we look back and those, that was four years ago, three years ago was my last trip out there. And you know what? Those were the good old days. It all goes back to appreciating and being grateful for what we have, when we have it, how we have it, all of those things. Cause I would love to go back to being a kid. I would love to go back and do all of those things that I write about in my book, you know, swimming in the ponds and spending the time with family growing up where I grew up, but I can't, those times are gone. They'll always be gone and they never come back. So I think that's why it's extremely important to make the most of the time we have available so the memories will be that much sweeter when it's time to go. I often often reflect back on my time in service and everything, and I think, same thing. I wish I would have done, I did a lot, but I wish I would have done even more. I wish I would have, instead of bitched so much about certain things when I was on the job, I, I wish I would have just absorbed it all and taken it all in and enjoyed it more because it truly was an an amazing profession, an amazing career, an amazing time in service that I had and and all the different forms of service that I served in as a Marine, as a police officer, as a firefighter. But it's gone in the flash of an eye, in the blink of an eye, it is just gone. And all you have left are the memories. That's also why I always encourage getting uncomfortable and doing uncomfortable things and things that you're not used to and going out in the, going out in the fucking rain when everybody else is running in, I love it now because my daughters, when it rains, they're, they're looking for reasons to go outside and we got to watch for that lightning and everything. But I taught them like that. I was like, look, go do something everybody else is afraid to do. Everybody else is not going to do. I never understood that. Everybody, you get in the shower and stand there, but everybody, second a fucking couple of raindrops come, people run like the world is on fire. I don't claim to have it all figured out. I do. I do think that we have to make time for what's important. And I think a lot of us, and especially in my case, like I'm always grinding. I'm always, always grinding. And I I literally have so many things going on that I use that as an excuse sometimes to push other people away. Well, in my mind, I think I'm making myself more busy than I need to be. And it's it's a constant fight over finding balance. And I feel guilty sometimes because when my kids want to talk to me, I'm back here working, they'll see, I don't have a normal nine to five job. So when they see daddy back here, it just looks like I'm playing. Um, but when they come back here, if I'm in the middle of something, sometimes I'll, I'll shoo them off, you know, and, and and then I think about it. I'm like, why did I just do that? I'll never get that moment back, that conversation back with them, that time that they wanted to spend with me. You 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 hear parents say, Enjoy it now because they grow up so fast. That's true because time is flying. And we got to constantly be in that constant mindset of the good old days, of enjoying what we have right now, when we have it, while we have it. Because for one day, it's gone. And, you know, I'm certainly guilty of, of that too because I'm, I'm always focused on providing for my family, right? And, and that's one of my biggest things. I got to be able to provide, 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 provide. And I never get to take that. My foot off the gas. I never, ever get to just rest and unplug from that. Even when I'm trying to get comfortable, that's all I'm thinking about. And, and, and the reality is it's just not that important because yeah, we got to provide, but we also got to enjoy the time that we have. Well, you know, do you want to be that father that's so, or that mother that's just so busy your, your kids when they grow up, they don't really even have memories of you the memories that they have were that you were just too fucking busy and too selfish to, to spend the, the appropriate time with them. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. What gets me is that we spend so much time focusing on the past and living in the past that we do not ever fully embrace the good old days that we're living in. And we let bad things in our past control our future. We let past um, the things that happened in our past dictate our happiness moving forward in life. I don't think we initially set out to do that, but what happens is that depression and all those triggers and everything, they start affecting us differently. And before we know it, we've changed and we've turned into something that we just become used to. I know that's what happened to me when I, I was, I was never that guy. I was never that miserable fucking guy. I was always a very outgoing, happy fun person that loved being around people but slowly over time I died like I just became hollow inside and didn't want to be around anybody I didn't want to do anything anymore and it just it's all these things from the past that started affecting me and it changed me and I'm working really hard to not be that guy because I'm like you know what I'm I'm in control of my life my past is not in control of my life my past, does not define me. I say this in my book. I say it when I speak, do not let your past define you, let it refine you and make you stronger. And so you can become the strongest version of yourself ever imaginable, but it's hard to do that. And most people don't like hard. Most people like easy. Most people like things laid out for them. And if you're not willing to accept the challenges in front of you, if you're just waiting around for all the answers to come to you and all the world's problems to go away, you're going to be miserable as shit the rest of your days. So no matter what has happened to you, you have to be in control of your destiny. You have to be in control of your happiness. You have to, like I say, create your own light. Nobody's going to do it for you. And in my case, I can speak from my point of view. You have to be, you just have to say, fuck it one day and say, I'm ready to let the past be the past and I'm ready to be happy because I deserve that. Nobody deserves to be miserable, but you have to be willing to accept everything that has happened in the past. You have to own that shit and move on. And I think the the true key to finding happiness. This isn't to say you're not going to have bad days because we, I mean bad days are always out there. They're coming for everybody. Bad days are always out there, and each one of us is different. I my bad day may be today. It may be after I hit stop on this um, recording session. It could be three weeks from now. It could be three years from now, but there's a bad day coming. So why sit around and make your days any worse than they have to be, right? Find the joy in it. You need to be fully alive in the moments that you have right now. Be fully alive in these good old days that you're currently living in now, because one day that's exactly what they're going to be. They're going to be the good old days and all your good old days are just going to be memories. And I hope you make the most of them. I hope you can make the best memories moving forward in your life that you can possibly make. I hope you can move forward by letting your past be just what it is, your past. Stop looking back, take that rear view off, throw it in the fucking garbage and just focus on what lies ahead. Speaking of what lies ahead, this sounds like a good time to tell you guys about what I got coming up, man. I got so I have all kinds of events coming up, and I, I couldn't be more thankful because when my life was in the gutter years ago, when I was thinking about ending everything, we get caught in that moment of selfishness, right? We can't see past our own misery, we can't see past the weight of the world that's on our shoulders to understand that there's even good coming for us out there. I remember years ago, this is many years ago when I was in that fucking horrible, horrible place. I didn't think anything good would ever come, come to my life again. And this is why I, I, I talk <laughs> when we're talking about suicide and these folks that in their lives, man, it's, it's, they get so caught up in that one moment there. They have blinders on, right? I can't see that. There's more good out there. Sometimes it just takes a while to get to it. Sometimes it takes fighting tooth and nail to get to that happy place again. But it but it is achievable. I've I'm living proof of that. And what I'm doing right now, I'll go ahead and I'm gonna be transparent because I have a lot of people asking about comedy shows. Look, I'm still doing comedy, but I'm not doing comedy the way that I was. This is a since I developed this course, this post-traumatic purpose course, I'm now teaching it all over the United States right now, and uh, we're booking 2021, 2022. And the reason that I think it's doing, and that's, this is not a think, this is the reason I, I know that it's getting the attention that that it's getting, it's because of this. It's transparent. It's no bullshit. It's no. It's not. This isn't me walking into a room wearing a fucking suit pretending to be some some rogue scholar, pretending to have all the answers for everything, because I'm the first person to tell people when they inquire with me about my course, I don't have the answers. I leave a lot of people scratching their heads sometimes, but together we come up with answers. And through that, um, comes transparency. And I speak the language of first responders. I don't go in there and try to pretend that I'm this well-spoken dude, because that's not who I am. I talk our language and I put my shit out there. I talk about my very personal experiences, how it affected me. And you know, what's happening. It's, it's causing other people in these classes to not only just stand up and start talking about their shit. It's getting them to open it up. Um, I just left the city where after having this course, they realized the need for peer support. And now they're working on getting the, their peer support program in place and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing because you see the pieces moving. Sometimes it just takes somebody from the outside coming in and talking about this shit, and that's what we're doing. I it's not shit, but it's I mean it's it's very important to get this stuff out there. We talk about leadership, and I, I mean we, we really cover a lot of leadership. We cover a lot to a lot of uh, resiliency. And talking about how life isn't over after a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress or even uh, anxiety or depression. Life doesn't have to be over. Um, And we talk about mental wellness. You know, we are all susceptible to it. You know, this shit can happen to anybody, not just emergency services. I mean, your life can be fine one day and then be turned upside down the next day by the chemicals in your brain because of something that you experienced. And the problem is how are you going to deal with that? And it and, and I'll I'll answer that for you. You have no fucking idea how you're going to deal with that until it happens to you. And then even when it happens, you have no idea. And that's what I talk about. I talk about the things that we can do to get past this. I talk about leaning on one another and the support from one another and communicating through trauma. How we can talk to our brothers and sisters that that are coworkers, we can talk to our family members about the stuff that, that we're experiencing because the problem that we have as not just emergency services, but I think human beings in general is pride. And we don't want to open up out of fear of judgment. And I have another saying that I live by, who's going to know in a hundred years, right? Nobody, chances are nobody's going to know your fucking name in a hundred years, unless you're like some, some politician, but a normal dude like me, nobody's going to know who I am in a hundred years. So I don't, I, I fear judgment from nobody because it doesn't fucking matter. None of it. The only thing that matters is right now. And how healthy we are and how effective we are in the people, our loved ones lives and, uh, everyone else's lives. So I'm excited to tell you, this is, these are the events that I have coming up. And this is, uh, this is just a few of them. So we got on July 30th, I'm actually doing a comedy event for fire rescue international in Charlotte fire department in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's open to the public It's downtown at the firefighters union hall. Um, Two days later, August the 2nd, I'm going to be speaking to the men and women of the South Bend, Indiana, Police and Fire Department. And we're going to be talking about post-traumatic purpose in more of a motivational um, speech kind of thing. Um, This isn't my course. Uh, Then the next day, August the 3rd, I'm in Frankfort, Indiana, doing the same thing with Frankfort, Indiana, Police and Fire and surrounding um, emergency services uh, workers. We're going to be talking about post-traumatic purpose the keynote presentation that I, that I give, we're going to break it down and we're going to talk about it. And then August the 5th, I'm doing a big comedy event at the firefighter, um, conference, the FDIC firefighter conference in Indianapolis downtown, where all the proceeds benefit the firefighter cancer support network. I'm really excited about that. And then we just locked in, um, October the 11th through the 13th. I'm teaching my course post-traumatic purpose to the, the men and women of Cleveland, um, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee police and fire. And then the following day, on the 14th, that's actually a three-day training session. And on the 14th of October, I'm actually doing a comedy event for the um, Tennessee Professional Firefighter State Conference. Um, that That's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm actually doing a small keynote presentation during that or prior to that. And then we got Baltimore Police and Fire coming up October 20th through 24th. And then we got some other stuff going on in 2022 right now that's booking up. And the reason I'm telling you about all this is just because when I was running, running ragged doing comedy, I thought that that was my purpose. And I talk about that in my book. I talk. I, I was really pressing comedy, and I was on the road 40 weeks a year, all over the world, chasing this comedy thing because I thought that's what I was meant to do. And when I slowed down enough and really. Um, figured out the life balance thing, and looked deep into myself. I figured out comedy is not what I was meant to do. And my purpose was this: my purpose is educating others on mental health from a normal, average person's point of view, not not the college professor coming in with all the answers and all the slide shows telling you about this diagnosis, that diagnosis, why the brain works this way, why it doesn't, and all this. And all that magical bullshit that they try to sprinkle on top of stuff people that study things that don't know firsthand what it's like all right I'm a guy who's lived it who has the nightmare fucking background the credibility with it um I'm not the only guy in the world obviously but I'm willing to talk about it and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep these uh keep these people safe from what's killing so many of us. Um, is it ever going to go away? No. Are you going to save everybody? No, but I can promise you this it's, uh, it's worth talking about. If you know, it can get to one person and it can help one person out. It's certainly worth doing it. So that's why comedy is more or less taking a back seat to, to what I'm doing now. And, uh, this is my new purpose in life. And I, I talk about that also purposes. I feel like they change. And I think a lot of us through life, we'll focus so hard on one thing. And we try to like really push ourselves. Like, this is what I meant to do. This is what I meant to do. And it, that might not be true. I think sometimes we want that to be true. Like in my case, my purpose changed several different times. I wanted it to be true every time. And it just wasn't. And I realized the universe is going to tell you what your purpose is. You, you can only do so much, but the universe is going to put you right exactly where you need to be. And I'm at this point, I'm right where I need to be. And I'm glad y'all are right here with me. So having said that, I hope you found this episode informative. Uh, I hope you found it resourceful. I can't thank you guys enough always for the support. I mean, it means so much to me, you guys with the emails and everything, and just the constant support to come in here and be able to sit down and talk to a, a fucking microphone with nobody in here. It, it's hard enough as it is, but I do it because of the support that I get from you guys. And I I, I truly appreciate that. And I love y'all. Thank you.